Welcome to Kingdom Amplified with Lindsay and Tia, sharing faith, influencing culture, and encouraging believers. It's your time to get activation, inspiration, wisdom, and fun in your life and business. Welcome to Kingdom Amplified with Lindsay and Tia. We're so glad to have you guys back for part two of the Spirit of Performance, in which we're going to be talking about intimacy versus performance this time. Holla back. Yes. Holla forward. (laughs) That too. (laughs) Yes. So in today's show, we have two Bible verses of the show. And verse one is Ephesians 2.10. For we are his creation, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God perfected prepared ahead of time so that we should walk in them the second verse is colossians 1 10 11 so that you might live in a matter manner worthy of the lord and be fully pleasing to him as you bear fruit while doing all kinds of good things and growing in the full knowledge of god awesome yes And also, we have a statement for today's show, and that statement is, rest isn't the absence of work, it's the absence of toil. Yeah, that's such, that's the most, that's kind of like hitting the nail on the head, right, on the performance versus intimacy is like, it is. like we do partner with God, and we are in motion, but we're, but in his kingdom, we don't toil. And the reason why the gospel is called the good news is because it's a gloriously happy message of effortless union of God with in spirit, right? So the works of the Lord for the kingdom in our lives, everything overflows out of that effortless union. And so our behaviors are coming out of that identi- identity and intimacy in him versus us using our behaviors to prove our performance identity, right? So his yoke is easy. His burden is light. We are in motion with him in his yoke and that's the fullness of the good news in that effortlessness piece, right? So God is a God of rest. That doesn't mean we don't partner with him. We don't do some stuff, right? Yes. But we don't do it in the spirit of toil. And so this this is such a good example for me because for years and years and years, I worked crazy amount of hours. I was totally under oppression from the spirit of performance and I would feel lazy if I wasn't working seven days a week Or, and I was performing to feel validated somehow. And I would basically work myself to death to prove something to God or to other people that I was somehow uh, worthy or that, um, that I, uh, needed to do this work to come into alignment with who I was really supposed to be and all this other stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. But in reality, God never guilted or shamed me. He never browbeat me into submission he would just simply shine the light and say, hey, I don't know if this is necessarily coming from you or from the enemy, but it sure ain't coming from me. But really the enemy was trying to get me to this place of exhaustion, so I was ineffective. And I see this all over the place in the kingdom now where people are just living under this, keeping up with the Joneses, spirit of performance, instead of um, really walking in intimacy and understanding who they are in the kingdom. And over time I even learned God's multiplication in setting priorities. When we come into alignment with his process, his priorities, he shifts our business and multiplies us so that we make more money with less clients. Uh, We're more in a place of rest and we're not doing things out of our own strength. Because like we talked about last show, when we are doing things in our own strength, it's like we have to sustain it. Amen. But he sustains the things that he calls us to do 
without that toil piece. So Amen. we got to check ourselves when we're operating. Ourselves. Thank God he ripped that. Yeah, before we, we wreck ourselves, ourselves for real. So thank God he ripped that off of me. But yeah, man, it was a fight. Right. Because <laughs> everything around me is, you know, everything around our culture is telling us if you don't operate that way, then you're lazier. Right. You won't succeed. Yeah. Totally. But, but it's untrue. Exactly. With the Holy Spirit, things could get done a lot quicker and easier. Yes. And I think that we all can relate that there are a great number of people who also like hide behind their mask. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And and this is in the church and even in the world settings and they put on a persona and hide who they actually are behind this character that they want to portray and this image that they want to project to whomever will listen. And as you know, Lindsay, I have a <laughs> very difficult time dealing with people. I mean, in the client space, I get it. Um, but people that I run into in the world mm -hmm. that have on these masks, I, I just generally have a, a difficult time dealing with them for a long period of time. Mm -hmm. Because one, I, I just, my heart goes out to them. You know, I want to pray for them. But most of all, I want them to take off the mask. Yeah, because how can we relate to somebody if they can't be authentic? And it's I, just this weird weightiness. Yeah, I just can't. I just don't <laughs> want to almost knock it off sometimes. <laughs> and, you know, the, the desire for people to stay behind the mask, it really prevents their ability to connect in truth and in light. And, yeah. you know, it, it, you know, I get it that they're trying to protect themselves from having to operate and authenticity and be in a place of healing from you know they have this fear of what other people think and yeah, you know a, a fear of being actually seen and not accepted yeah but huge. the sad thing is that there is such a heavy burden with carrying a mask mm -hmm. and we just want our listening audience to know today that you know, it's so much lighter and so much easier to just operate in the truth of who you really are, of who God created you to be, mm. that there is a much better world out there, that it is truly, truly a much easier road to just be who you are and who God created you to be. And that the people who are really meant to be in your life and the people that yeah. you are really meant to connect with will show up and they will accept you and they will love you for who you are. So try taking off the mask, you know, and come out and check <laughs> out the world without it because it's, you know, it's a lot lighter burden. Well, and just taking a mental inventory. Like if you're showing up to a place that is perpetuating this mask and you're right. feeling like you can't be yourself and you're feeling like you're, um, in order to be accepted by these people, you have to look or act or whatever a certain way. It's like, well, taking an, a note of, is this really who I am or what I want? Or is this actually going to facilitate my growth? Or is this something that I shouldn't be involved in? So I, over the years, man, have had to cut out so many things like various events and just various people and business partnerships and all kinds of things that the Lord has filtered out as I've become authentic. But I do want to make one really cool point, And that is we who are operating in authenticity, um, I have also had incredible experiences with people who initially when they came to me were not maybe operating in the level of authenticity that they would have liked. 
And as I operate in my authenticity, it raises them up and creates a space of freedom for them to operate in their authenticity. And people really want that. They do. They're insanely attracted to that. Right. It's such a freedom. Mm-hmm. And then that creates that atmosphere that's sustainable. And then people keep coming back. Like, for example, like in clients when you're in business and stuff, they mm-hmm. want to be around people, you know, that they can be free to be who they are. And that's something my dad always taught me was encourage people in who they really are and create a sense and a space for them to be who they really are. Exactly. And man, that's like the most valuable thing you can do really in relationship, I think. Yep. That's true. And it breaks off that performance without even having to do anything. Exactly. Yeah. Very, very true. And we want to talk a little bit about like where it might come from because like sometimes we're just not aware that like, we might have had some family expectations growing up and right. some birth order things that, you know, uh, introduced the spirit of performance yeah. or some societal expectations and some mental health imbalances that I deal with on a daily basis, like anxiety disorders or some mm-hmm. manic behavior patterns, some cultural norms, you know, even in our society where achievements equals success. Um you know, trigger performance in people. Oh, yeah. That's a huge one because our culture, everybody's, you know, everything around us is, is speaking performance, right? So right. We have to and really... Encouraging it. Exactly. Come out in identity and relationship with Christ in order to basically stand against the system. And um, one of the, the ways that performance can be introduced to us is through the school system. Um, a lot of the school system is designed for certain types of learners. And when you aren't that type, they basically try and force you to learn a certain way. So there's an emphasis on performance from the very first minute we start school. And the great thing is I think there's becoming a better awareness in our culture and there are becoming more options for charter schools and private schools and people are homeschooling more and they're kind of learning to create this atmosphere. And you're seeing that in, in, even in the business world too with things like Google who has some of the highest performing productivity and they have a very, very different and free way that people are allowed to engage and operate on their premises, right? So, and that's true for kids, man. Yeah. Anybody who's ever worked with kids would tell you that kids operate so much better in freedom and authenticity than than trying to keep it. And, and you know, structure's important. Working hard is important. Those things are very important. But it should be coming from a place of identity in Christ and from a place of operating out of that intimacy versus towards it. Versus trying to get in God's good graces by doing things a certain way. So, yeah, yeah, that's a big one. That is. And religious and legalistic spirits, um, you know, if you feel like there are certain rules you must follow. Yeah. And, you know, for salvation or for God's grace to be on you, there are certain things that you feel like you have to do just to receive God's love or approval. You right. know, beware of that because that's generally not God. That's some other type yeah, of totally. spirit that <laughs> yeah. you're forcing you. And right. performance can come too just from not actually spending time with God mm-hmm. or avoiding it. And I was guilty of this forever that I was kind of afraid of God because I didn't understand his true nature. And we're going to talk about that later in the show too, about just once you begin to understand his nature and his goodness, then you crave and desire and you need to spend time with him. And that relationship is so priority. But otherwise, that if you don't spend time with him and get to know him, then you, then that can bring in that spirit of performance that you have to look or do a certain thing in order for him to be satisfied with you or happy with you or 
not bringing wrath or judgment on you or whatever. Right. Yeah, and that's all, all big lies. Right. And only doing church on Sundays and not the rest of the week. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, a lot of beginning Christians, you know, we have like one day a week Christianity. Right. And then, you know, go to Wednesdays for Bible study. So then it's two days a week. But, you know, in our growing relationship and really getting to know God, you know, that's we realize that that's not enough. Yeah, and that basically comes down to the difference between experiencing or not deeply experiencing God versus knowing him personally. So so when you grasp the idea of like not knowing about him versus knowing him, like not just having the knowledge but having the understanding, uh, when I finally grasped this, my God, my whole life changed. I just had an encounter with him. I remember being a kid and I would watch other people walk in this ease and this grace and this peace. And I just didn't have it because I had never had an encounter with him to the level of me really understanding his heart and walking. I didn't know what walking in relationship with him was like. I didn't know what it means. So when I finally had an encounter with him in that place and he started teaching me about relationship, that's when the freedom came even more um, and broke off even more of that performance stuff. Yeah. And then lies that we have agreed to and held on to and sometimes built our whole life around, you know, the enemy uses these lies to put people in bondage and we must really seek out and rely on the truth to set us free and to get us going on the right path. You know, um, it's just amazing sometimes how we just convince ourselves that something is true and you know if we don't perform if we don't if we aren't at the top of our class then we aren't doing anything you know if we aren't working every day towards our business then we aren't really an entrepreneur or you know things like that that we actually believe and hold on to that we can just build a whole life of lies around you know and set us down the wrong path so we have to be can really? be so subtle too. I right? know. Like, yeah. That's how you, the enemy gets you, you know, exactly. it's like, it just is subtle, subtle, subtle. And then all the day, one day you realize like you have no fruit, you're stressed, you're depressed, you're sad. Like, and you just like, what the heck happened? Right. How did I get here? <laughs> exactly. And sometimes we get in unhealthy relationships that don't express conditional love or they perpetuate that spirit of performance. And so then we have to take a really serious look at evaluating the people in our lives and figuring out, are we actually facilitating each other's growth? Or are is that person hitting on some type of a wounding that's perpetuating that spirit of performance? So yeah. our, our environments are really, really crucial yeah, in that we, way. Yeah, and who we let into our lives. And that oh, goes yeah. back to the mask thing. If yeah. we have to wear the mask around that person, is that person really a good influence yeah. in our lives? That's are they huge. really bringing in the Lord? Mm-hmm. Yep. And then there's trauma. You know, sometimes if a person has had trauma and they're protecting themselves, you know, then they can begin to see God through a filter of the trauma and, Mm -hmm. you know, set up boundaries of of how they experience God through Mm -hmm. the trauma. So we have to just be careful and have a lot of prayer and healing work and gentle deliverance that's Holy Spirit led to get a real and accurate and true picture of God, despite of the trauma, you know, that may have occurred. 
Yeah, and I and that's where I see this next point that's really important is when we have trauma or when we have disappointments, sometimes people create a theology or an understanding of God based around their experiences versus based around the word and what it, and who God says he is and so encounters with him and his true nature. And even now, like being in um, in a theolog- theology school uh, and looking at all these different people's experiences with God, I'm just seeing how there's a lack of fullness based on people's own traumas and experiences. And mm-hmm. it just makes me so sad. And then I see people aligning in that trauma and churches aligning with that trauma. And it just makes me very sad when, and I just really encourage you to, to really dig deep into the nature of God and research and read the word about who he says he is. And then mm-hmm. using that as a compass for the, when things and experiences happen in our lives do they line up with his nature? Right. And if they don't, it's not from him. Mm-hmm. It's pretty simple. Mm-hmm. But we get all emotional and the enemy tries to come in with emotions and that's how you get to that place of trauma, right? So mm-hmm. so just really taking a step back and and really taking a look at where our theology is coming from and where our beliefs are coming from. And that's a powerhouse on breaking off that spirit of performance. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then we also need to be careful of uh, being led by our relationship with God versus our, you know, our works and things that we want to do to like serve. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes, you know, we get involved in ministry or we get involved in the church and organizations and, you know, we want to be on the usher board and the deacon board, all great things. But we should always remember that our main thing should be our relationship with Christ and that should be the most important thing and that our service should be based Mm -hmm. upon an overflow of our relationship with Christ and should be centered on our relationship with Christ and should come out of that love and that that devotion to him and devotion to love one another mm-hmm. that it shouldn't be based on just doing things because we should be doing things but we should be doing things out of our love right. of Christ and our desire to love one another because of it so we should stress the intimacy piece before the service piece that the service comes from that relationship otherwise it can become totally out of order mm-hmm. and that the service becomes the main thing or just being seen in service becomes the main thing we should always remember that it comes from our relationship and that our love of god is the most important thing yeah and that's a great reminder too i mean jesus is the the example and he had 10 years of intimacy for every one year of ministry Which is i just huge. can't even begin to stress that enough that jesus's ministry was only three years of his life and the reason why he had so much power, authority, and, and everything was because he was so close to God that all of his requests were answered because his requests also came from God. And he said, I do nothing except what the Father tells me. And that's not about a performance. It's just about who we are. Right. It becomes who we are. Yeah. And that's something that I've learned even recently is like, you know, I don't really do ministry. I do life with Jesus. Right. And I share what Jesus is doing in my life. And mm-hmm. that inspires other people to get to know him. Right. And yeah. it's amazing how much more effective 
that is as an evangelical tool. It is. Than like trying to force judgment or rules or laws that God, you know, we're not even under those covenants anymore. We're not even under the Mosaic covenant anymore. Right. So it's all about intimacy and relationship with God. Right. And that, that and, yeah, that brings up a good point about what we're also working on. Yeah. Um, future shows that you guys should look out for about identity and mm-hmm. uh, just finding your identity through God and just learning about who you were created to be in Christ and how that should look and, you know, what what your existence is really about and who you are in Christ and how God designed us in him. So stay tuned. Yeah, continuing revelation of who we already are, right? Right. And once you learn the identity, then everything else falls into place. place. And so I'm going to talk really quick about uh, three sets of filters that can bring in the spirit of performance. And the main one that I've seen, and even one that I struggled with for years, was the misunderstanding of the law in Old Testament times. So when God brought Moses and the Israelites out of slavery at Mount, Mount Sinai, he was fully prepared and wanted to make the people priests and kings all into the world. He wanted to give them full freedom, full intimacy with him. And they actually at that time were hearing his audible voice in the atmosphere. But because they had been in slavery for 430 years, they had lost their understanding of freedom and intimacy with God. And we see that even now, right? Mm -hmm. Like people enslaved to different ideas and understanding. And even under the law, people still resurrecting the dead man and um, trying to live under this law that God never intended. His heart was always consistently the same. He never wanted to give us the law. He never wanted to get a, give us a set of rules, but because the people were afraid of walking in intimacy with him, they said, Moses, you go up on the mountain and you get the Ten Commandments and you, you just figure out what God wants us to do and we'll do it. And God tried to persuade them many times before he actually agreed to do that. But because he loves us so much and it's all about relationship for us, he agreed to do it on their terms, which was never his desire. And I see this fundamental misunderstanding of the old testament and and people see god as this big judgment guy in the sky who's constantly Mm -hmm. raining down wrath and and no that was never any of his intention he entered into a covenant relationship in which he was the enforcer of that covenant that they wanted and they agreed to and so the great news is that covenant is done it's (laughs) dead it's gone We now live under the new covenant, which was God's original intention at Mount Sinai for us all to be priests and kings and to be in direct intimacy with him. So that's the first filter. And then second, we have this idea of Gnosticism, which you may have heard is basically the salvation by knowledge piece where people get obsessed with doctrine. They want to be right. Um, They they don't want to necessarily know much about relationship. And there's a misunderstanding that grace isn't really a doctrine that we figure out. Grace is a person in Jesus and we learn about him when we come into relationship with him. Right. And then the fourth or the third one is the intimacy killers can come from four other concepts and one that people believe God is immutable or unchangeable that he, um, that his character, which his character never changes, but he does change his mind. And Moses petitioned God on many occasions and God changed his mind and came and, you know, came and inhabited the desires of his people because he's all about relationship. Second is this concept that God doesn't experience emotion, which is so not true. Jesus wept. He was moved with compassion. He experiences emotions. And even when people say, oh, God doesn't experience emotion, they somehow can see God's anger 
and they will see his anger that he's capable of certain emotions, but they don't want to acknowledge that he's emotional. Mm. And he is. You know, he created us in his image, right? So he is emotional. And also this idea that God is timeless can create distance. Well, God has chosen to inhabit time with us. He's chosen to experience time and life with us, even though he knows and understands the beginning from the end. He's given us free will. He's decided to inhabit time with us. And he loves it. He's about walking things out with us because he's all about relationship. And then this fourth uh, place that I see people create distance between themselves and God is this idea that God is in control. Well, God has actually chosen to limit his control, give us free will. And it's important for us to understand his nature so that we aren't attributing things to him that aren't actually him. So with free will, there's the ability to come into agreement with the enemy that's in our atmosphere that we can choose. And God has allowed himself to have limited control. He can still, when we pray, we can still, he will, can still ultimately bring the kingdom at any time, right? And that's what he wants us to do and partner with authority as we walk with him is to learn to exercise that control that he really has given us. And so these are all kind of really deep topics that we'll get into um, more as the show goes on in these deeper theological concepts. But just wanted you guys to understand that our culture is, has this undercurrent of perpetuating some of these ideas that break that intimacy, that create barriers to intimacy. So that's what we're going to talk about now is how do we go from doing church on the weekend to real intimacy with him? Right. So one way is just setting aside time in your day just for you and God to spend together. Yeah. And a simple way to do that is like set aside the first five minutes when you first wake up yeah. and say, this is going to be my time alone with you, God, and do, you know, whatever feels good and natural to you. You can pray, you know, you can read the word, you can meditate on the word you can sing songs write a letter I mean you can do whatever you want with whatever amount of time you want and it doesn't even have to be in the beginning of the day it could be in the end of the day the middle of the day whenever but just some time that is just time for you and God not the kids not you know work not looking at your stocks or Instagram (laughs) but just time for you and the Lord to spend together getting to know one another and you know spending time yeah and that also like spending time in the word and reading the word you learn more about God and his nature and then he begins to cultivate a desire to learn more about him and this is something that actually he's been pressing on my heart recently because I have gone through a period where I wasn't studying maybe the word as much as I want to wanted to and I hadn't developed a love for the word the way that God was inviting me to so this is kind of an ongoing thing for me that I'm excited to and most of that came from those previous filters that we talked about before when I would read the word I wouldn't understand it I would kind of get to this place where I'm like well God this Old Testament God doesn't seem like somebody that I it doesn't even seem like in alignment with who he is now and I don't understand how he could be that way and this way but really once Um, I really suggest if you haven't studied the word a lot, start by uh, reading what God says about himself Mm -hmm. and learn to begin his, begin to learn his nature. Mm -hmm. And once you do that, then you can start filtering out, Hey, this is not really from him. This was not his in alignment with him. 
And this is how he's speaking situationally in the word to a group of people or whatever. And then once you get that, it's like, okay, it makes a lot more sense. Right. And then start developing your understanding of how he communicates and learn to tune in to when he's speaking and what he's saying to you, which is huge. Then life starts getting so exciting and fabulous. You're like, Lord, what are you saying? I want to hear you like and then every second you start looking for him to speak to you and you want to hear from him because yeah. it's like one of the most fabulous parts of your day and you know uh it, it's just it's so exciting hearing from the lord oh, so yeah. and he's everywhere and he's, he's speaking everywhere and he's always trying to speak to us and a lot of times we're doing things that are distracting or you know muting out his voice so it's just amazing just to hear from him and to, yeah. yeah. And we've both done a lot of research on this yeah. topic because we really wanted to learn. It's like a radio frequency, right? Exactly. If you, if you it's always there. Right. But if you don't know how to tune, tune into, into it, you're going to miss, you're going to miss it. But, and, oh, and I feel like that's part of the cultivation of relationship with him. Is is. The more you get to know him, the more you realize, wow, he's speaking everywhere all the time. Mm-hmm. and it's so good and then then as you like learn to decipher what you're hearing then and you're learning about his nature then you can determine if things are in alignment with his nature or not and then you know if things are coming from him so if you're hearing like a weird thought out of nowhere that's like mm-hmm. you know not positive or not happy or not <laughs> mm-hmm. not encouraging your identity then you know it's not from him right right and that's so important that taking every thought captive and making sure it's obedient to christ because if it's not in alignment with who he is, it ain't come from him. It's exactly. coming from the enemy or wherever else. So Right. And if you're not sure or if Yeah. You know, ever just at the end of every day or during every day, just tell him about your day. Mm-hmm. You know, talk to him, have a conversation with him. Let him know if you have questions, like, God, you know, why did this happen today? Or mm-hmm. you know, Lord what was I supposed to learn from this? Yeah, that's That's, huge. that's a huge question that we have conversations about. All day long. All day long. <laughs> like, what, what was the opportunity here? You know, just have a discussion with him about your day. Simple mm-hmm. as that. And just, he'll be getting our attention all day long. To yeah. Try and like, like, it may be a beautiful thing that you see outside and you just are overwhelmed with his goodness and creation. Or you may get an open vision or you may have had a dream that he was communicating or... You may hear something that you're like, huh, I'm not sure if I believe that. Is that actually in alignment with kingdom or not? And mm-hmm. um, and that's just, it's so good to also to just discuss the dreams and desires of your heart with him because he plants the desires in our hearts so that he can fulfill them and show us even more his goodness. And he wants to fulfill our dreams and desires. He gave us the ability to dream and yes. to have these deep desires because he wants us to subdue the earth, you know? Mm-hmm. He wants us to live in fullness. Right. He's not trying, you know, he's not the kind of God, which I thought he was for years, that he was trying to conceal himself somehow. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is his joy to be a little bit mysterious in the sense that he wants you to engage in relationship, to right. learn more about him, him but it's not his goal to keep things from you. Exactly. Yeah. And then worship him. Yeah. Oh, how lovely is this? Just spend <laughs> time with him. That's like one of my favorite activities. Me too. Just singing about his goodness and telling him how good he is and just enjoying basking and soaking up his presence. Yes. And just 
loving on him and just sharing with him and pouring out your heart full of love to him. I'm just going there right now. <laughs> I was like, your voice is uh, getting all I know. I, I get into it. I get into it very quickly. <laughs> and I'm about it, man. Yes. I, I'm constantly trying to figure out how do I sneak away for a minute and just bask in his goodness. Or how do I, you know, that's one thing that he's taught us is how do we incorporate it into our life so that we're, we're constantly basking in his presence and his yeah. goodness and thanking him for the wonderful things that he's done and just being present with him and, yes. and hearing him. And it's so fun when you start hearing from God all the time. Yes. And it's like constantly, literally all day long, we're calling each other like, Oh my gosh, did you know about this? Or yes. did you hear about this? Or remember that thing I told you I was struggling with? Well, here's what he said. Or, Hey, I got a vision or a dream last night. What do you think about this? Yes. And it's just like a constant, Very it's so fun. It's like all day long this excitement and joy. And like, that goes back to what I said earlier about me not feeling like I have a ministry. I'm legitimately <laughs> all I'm doing all day long is just sharing like what I'm hearing from the Lord or what's happening in our relationship or just what revelation it. he gave me or, um, what answer to some type of intense question that I can't figure out. Is he working on or whatever? So it's so good. Just living it. It's such allow. an addiction, man. We're so made to be addicted to Holy Spirit and addicted yes. to God and more of Him. Yes. And worship is like a quick fix to a bad day or a bad moment. <laughs> totally. I'm telling you. You want to turn gift. your day around? Get into some worship Amen. real quick. Yeah. That'll do it. Yeah. Um, and then like um Tia is such a great experience with all the healing work piece too. And we both just really our hearts have been so invested in getting healing work because when you have trauma and you have areas of contention in your heart or places where you're not living in fullness and you know the fruit isn't right and you really desire more about God, get healing work because yes. that's how you experience his goodness without boundaries or preconceived notions. That's how he breaks off lies. So you, because mm -hmm. the whole point of trauma and everything that the enemy is trying to do is to break away our intimacy with him. Mm -hmm. So when you get healing work, that's how you cultivate even deeper intimacy because mm -hmm. he wants to break off lies. He wants you to live in fullness. He doesn't want right. you to live in not hearing him fully or not experiencing him fully or believe in some lie about yourself that puts him at a distance. Mm -hmm. So that's huge. Very huge. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. And then be consistent, you know, I, I mean, there, be consistent. Just yeah. do it often and as often as you remember it, you know, try to do it every day. Try to do it multiple times a day, you know. Um, it, it can be, you know, don't make it laborious and like yeah, totally. if you're not a totally scheduled person, like both neither no, of us we're are. We're so creative. It's yeah. like, like the word consistency is like, Ugh, Ugh. really? But for me, because of like the excitement and I know, and like over the years we've learned that God is not inside a box and yeah. his idea of consistency doesn't mean plan every second out and <laughs> don't have any fun right. with your life or exactly. <laughs> that's so not him. So, um, that freedom, there's so much freedom and consistency. Mm -hmm. So we love you guys. We're going to pray for you really quick. We just encourage you to really seek out and make obedient the thoughts in your mind and figuring out who you're hanging around and what is contributing to a spirit of performance in your life and what is contributing to the fruit of intimacy and relationship with him and just really seeking out and ask us questions. You can email us at kingdomamplified at gmail.com and ask us questions that 
if you have questions more about intimacy and we're going to be going way deep into the identity piece, which is going to bring out a lot more of that intimacy and how you um, come into alignment with what he says about you. And that cultivates more intimacy. So that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, awesome. Father, we just love you so much. We're so grateful for your truth. We're so grateful that you pursue breaking off anything that's standing in our way so that we can be in such fullness of experience with you. We just pray for more for every person who's listening right now, Lord, that you would bring more of your presence, that you would bring more of a healing experience with them so they can each feel a more of an encounter with you, Lord Jesus. We just pray that you would come and step in and that their hearts would be hungry and desirous of more and deeper intimacy with you, Lord, that you would show them how to be creative in intimacy and how to just um, do life with you, Jesus, in a way that's free and fun and who you are. You are all those things, Lord. And we're so Amen. grateful that you are fun and you're so exciting and you're all about the little things. And the Holy Spirit is the most exciting, excited person in the whole world, Lord God. And we're just so thankful for you. We're so thankful for freedom. We're thankful for um, you giving us revelation about who you are. And um, as we study theology, Lord, that that you would break off lies and just continue to give us peace and freedom. And, um, and we just pray for more Jesus. We pray for the upcoming shows and we pray for upcoming topics that people wouldn't be afraid to call in and express their desire to learn more in certain areas, Lord. Cause we, you know, our hearts are really to, uh, pursue that with everyone that's listening. And so we just thank you, Jesus. We thank you for more and we are excited for all the things that you're doing. Yes. And we love you guys very much, and we're super excited Thank for you. continuing experiences with you. And yes, we are. thanks for tuning in. You can check out more at KingdomAmplified.com. We're now on iTunes under Kingdom Amplified. Yay. And the blog, there's all kinds of declarations and prayers for you if you under certain topics and all that good stuff. And KingdomAmplified.com, you can check us out there anytime. We'd love to hear from you guys, so please call in. Please email us and let us know what you want to hear about. Stay tuned. Yep. Have a great week in Jesus' name. Bye.